welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air and online seven days a week here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. When you, when you key in those uh, letters with no spaces in between, uh, you come to a homepage of Center Left Radio. There are two links. The first is our podcast link. You know what to do with that. This show that you're listening to will be the first one uh, up on air, and it is the first one on air, and you're listening to it most likely, uh, well, there's no, there's a chance, but you could listen to it one of two ways. Here's the other way. The other way is as, as, as what we call a radio loop. That's the second link on the page, and it basically gives you this show running in a, in a loop on a separate computer here in the studio, and you pick it up just like you would pick up any radio show if you flicked on the dial. You pick it up at whatever point the show was in, get interested, stay with us, listen to the show, and by the way, just to kind of mimic what used to happen at the Saturday matinee at the theater when you were a kid, if you came in in the middle of the movie or in the middle of the second movie, stick around, they're all just going to repeat again while our show repeats when it's finished. So that's the advantage of having it uh, as a radio loop. Either way, we're glad to have you with us on this uh, Friday, the 14th of October, 2022. It is the morning after what was billed as the uh, final meeting, the final presentation, the final public presentation of the January 6th committee, the select January 6th committee uh, composed of, uh, is it uh, six Democrats and two Republicans or seven and two? I forget the exact number. Uh, the, the only two that would, uh, that would join, of course, were uh, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. Uh, basically, Cheney uh, was defeated in a, uh, in a primary uh, in in uh, Wyoming and will not be returning back to the House. She anticipated as much and has basically, as the, uh, the co-chair of that committee, now de dedicated herself to keeping Trump the hell out of the White House permanently going forward. And, and, and that's always been, in my mind, a, a, a noble a noble thing to do. I mean, uh, depending on how you wanted to look at this, and 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 it's easy to look at this from some, you know, from a bit of a of an ivory tower-ish approach. Uh, Trump is a clown, and 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 is easily perceived as being a clown, and and enjoys playing to a crowd in a clownish way and enjoys the adulation resulting therefrom. And the mistake, and it is a mistake, that can be made about him is to therefore write him off or, or, or basically put the final uh, punctuation after is a clown and stop it right there. Oh, he's a clown. He's just, we, we really shouldn't have clowns around. 
And, and if you follow the, the January 6th hearings, hearings, you've seen this assemblage of facts that all showed what appeared to be a somewhat um, uh, inept effort, I mean, ju just, just a ham-fisted effort to basically go ahead and try to keep yourself in power, Donald, by essentially stopping a vote taking place in the, uh, you know, in, 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 the, in the Capitol on that day, the otherwise pro forma vote to uh, basically elect or to recognize what had already been recognized by the individual states, namely that, that Joe Biden won a sufficient number of electoral votes to be declared president of the United States. It's, a, it's largely a pro forma process, but Trump and his minions attempted or we've been led to believe that this was going to be the basis that they were going to use to basically say, well, if you can't do that vote, if Mike can't do that vote, if he can't run it, if he stops it, well, that's it. It all goes away. And if, and if the vote doesn't happen, if it all goes away, if everybody goes home, if this doesn't happen on January 6th, I get to remain president because there's, well, no other time this vote can be taken. And, and, and we've kind of, I, I think I and many others have looked at that and sort of said, gee, that, that's kind of a dumbass kind of a thing to do. I, I mean, it, it's so easy to pierce through that legally, constitutionally, and, and in so many other ways. The notion that you would just set this up so that Mike Pence, your vice president, basically says, no, there's no count, and therefore, Donald remains president forever, it just doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Well, you can, you can assume there'll be chaos afterwards. People will be jumping up and down and screaming. But somehow, I imagine what Donald, was, well, what Donald seemed to be going for was that out of that chaos would emerge an extra-legal, extra-constitutional desire of enough people with guns and anger to basically keep the rest of the country at bay and those institutions within the country that might otherwise prevent that from happening would drift or be really expose themselves as being in his camp and there would be in fact a true coup. But none of it ever really seemed to be happening. And, and in the end, uh, well, Donald uh, ultimately left. And I, and I thought that, to, that yesterday was going to be more of just a, a, a rehash. It did seem from the beginning to be going on as, as largely a rehash of stuff we'd heard before. But then it got really interesting yesterday. And what I began to see, what began to really emerge from yesterday's hearings, 
was what the real, I, I am beginning to believe, what the real intent of Donald Trump was in everything that was going on with January 6th. And, and, and I heard it said by a number of different commentators in the course of the day, I heard it, I heard it played with by some of the panel, but it, but it really got focused on by the commentators. And in particular, I saw this on MSNBC. Now, why my brain did not spring to the same conclusions that I was hearing expressed openly yesterday, why I wasn't in that, of that mindset all along on this is something that I have to question myself about. But I, I, I think there has been uh, not, not a willingness, not a capacity for self-delusion, but, but in the process of, of being in the non-Trump camp and looking at Trump and saying what a nefarious piece of crap this guy is, I have, for whatever reason, failed to see a very obvious component of this whole January 6th notion, this whole plan to hold on to power. I've, I've ignored the forest for the trees. And I've ignored, I think, or I have not looked carefully, or I have not allowed myself to see what is now becoming for me the most obvious, obvious intention that Donald and others around him had, and I'm afraid to say probably still have, relative to the type of things that were going on on January 6th, things that would result in Donald's maintenance of power. Now, now what was so obvious that, that you can't see it? It's this. Donald wanted... Violence. Donald wanted extreme violence to occur. He wanted it to happen with no National Guard, with no sufficient police, with no military forces, no one around. He wanted it to happen at a level and he wanted the horror of it to be so damn ugly that he would feel justified in then using the never or rarely ever used Insurrection Act to call out military forces and put the capital, thus the country, under martial law. And in the process, in the sustained process of martial law that would follow, he would remain the President of the United States, and that the Biden election would be nullified. But it would be nullified primarily because martial law was required to quell violence. And violence, of course, would ensue as a result of that, as a result of trying to eliminate the Biden election as a meaningful result, and therefore that martial law, that use of the military would be extended nationwide or wherever there were pockets of resistance 
to the notion of the need for, not, uh, for martial law, that it would just take on a life of its own, and we'll see where this goes. D does that sound plum loco to you? Does that sound ridiculous? Was it really? No, 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 no. We're just basically going to try to stop what's happening here today, January 6th. We're trying to get Mike Pence to come out and stop this election, and that's our shot at it. And if it doesn't happen, oh well, everybody go home. We, we tried. Mike let us down. Now everybody go home and let's forget about it. Does that make sense, given what we all saw before our eyes? A crowd of thousands, hundreds if not thousands, basically rush the Capitol, take it over, with not one shred of reinforcement coming in for hours. That, that, that is the image that I have again and again and again. And, and the rationalization that I've used for why they didn't show up was, well, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, it, it, we, again, it's just on, just on Trump basically didn't want to see it happen so that he could give the Pence strategy, the non-count-of-the-vote strategy, a chance to operate. But you see, you really, when you, when you, if you just look at what was going on, you look at the violence, you look at people rushing and raiding, you look at people being, you look at people in Congress being shuttled down to secret locations for their own protection, you watch all this. And if you can, if your first conclusion is that this was simply done to stop a simple vote, then you're denying what your eyes and ears are taking in because it was a willful permission of violence of a mob. Why would you allow a mob to come out and basically be that violent? Basically, you want the results of violence. You want violence to occur. You want unfettered violence. You want uncontrolled violence to be the end product of what's going on. They're not there just to stop a count. They're there to do violence to People. They're there to harm. They're there to kill. We know they had guns. We know what the intentions were. Now, maybe, just maybe, maybe there somewhere there is a communication that hasn't appeared yet, that the, certainly the committee hasn't gotten their hands on. Maybe it's in the deleted Secret Service communications. There is got to be something that says, as soon as it gets to, as soon as they kill this many Congress people, as soon as this many bodies fall, 
Then we'll make way for the military to come in. There's got to be some something out there. There's got to be someone who knew that besides Donald. It could not have been just a one-person process that would have basically brought in the military once the bodies fell. Could the military have been, or could elements of our military have been in on this in advance? Could people have known, get ready, we're going to be basically rushed in there the moment all the bodies start to fall and there will be a martial law situation. No, we haven't heard anything like that. But we know that Donald was lying about the results of the election. Everybody knows. The only people who don't know are those who basically are, whose information is siloed. They only get it from one source, and the source that they're getting it from basically does not want to recognize the reality of what's going on. Namely, that Donald is attempting to hold on to power illegally. So that if that or now and, and there are, of course there are there are variations within that well you know maybe there is i don't know i've never been absolutely certain that it was all fair there might have been some, oh no no i think he's crazy i think it's too much but if someone were to come and prove to people who kind of have that wishy-washy sort of approach, well, you know, there really was something out there. Somebody comes up and tells them, fulfills their, their, their wildest fantasy about, you know, they finally did find what was out there. And they, of course, have no idea that there were 62 lawsuits and that every, every elector group in the country and all of the secretaries of state and everybody, that it was approved, 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 that it was probably the best, best conducted election in the history of this country. And Donald just lost. He, his ass lost. That's all there was to it. But there are plenty of people out there, I'm convinced, who would still accept a sudden surprise that there was a sudden revelation that there really was, that one or two of the key states, all this has, all along, for everything that's been said, they act, Donald actually did, in fact, win those states. And, and this would be an easy thing to attempt to do at this point. Now, if people, if that somehow were to get out there and you started getting more of the Trumpian, uh, you know, wafflers uh, to say, yes, yes, you see, I knew it all along. And you suddenly get this surge of movement and you get enough people to believe that it really was a lie, and you get all of the, Trumps cra the Trumpians crazy, and you get most of the gun owners, the ones with, you know, 20 AR-15s sitting there, convinced that this is the moment, that this is the time to finally stop this slide into oblivion that the country is going into. Could we still find ourselves with a forced presidency or the recontinuation of a Trump-type presidency? Is that still in the cards? Is it still a possibility? And add to that, of course, that you have any number of election deniers, people running on the election denial. I think someone said 20% of the Republicans running are election deniers. 
a First Amendment right to basically deny reality, or a statement of affiliation with those who would ultimately use coercion and violence and denial of the Constitution as a basis for taking over power, if not in 2022 in either the House and or the Senate, but certainly for the White House in 2024, because there's no other way to go. Because this violence theme is the way, it, it's the unspoken, so far, it's the unspoken mechanism that we accept must be used. It's the only way, revolution, you know, we started that way, well, we're going to have to have a revolution again to save the country for who the hell knows. All you have to know is it's, it's for us, not them. And I, and I, honest to God, feel more concerned now than I have throughout this entire period of watching the, the January 6th committee present its findings. And it's been, they've done it brilliantly. They've laid this out. A, a point was made that they have set the standard for all future congressional committees. There was the Watergate committee and there were, and there were other committees in my lifetime as well. And no one has ever fulfilled their mandate as effectively and completely as this January 6th committee. But what, what is coming out of it now in the back end is a realization of what the true means were going to be to achieve what? To, to achieve the non-transfer the non of power and the sustaining of power by Donald to what end? To just continue an everyday normal presidency? Because it could never continue that way. You would have to basically change all the rules. There'd be a whole bunch of people, try two-thirds of the country or more, who would not buy into this, who would be damned upset by the seizure of power. How would you maintain your power under those circumstances? You would have to have the force and power of the United States military to basically back you up in your effort to seize power. The military would, be have, would have to be employed to break the Constitution. There would have to be an argument, a, a ra some kind of like, rational, it's irrational, but there'd have to be some kind of palatable argument that enough people in the military could close their eyes and, and flip their heads around and turn their brains inside out and say, yeah, 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 that's enough of a reason for us to support Donald staying on. Because there's no other way that this thing ever gets pulled off unless you have... Basically, you bring in martial law to basically stop the reaction to Donald's steal of the presidency. And that's the scariest, scariest part of all. And there is still plenty 
the possibility of all this and everything that's being done by Republicans in the process of continuing to deny an election that was obviously lost by Donald and won by Joe Biden is, is disturbing in, 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 the, in the greatest way. And, and we have to be so much more aware of this. Now, Donald was subpoenaed yesterday. He probably won't show. Putting him under oath in front of anybody is a lawyer's nightmare, and it would be a horror show. But if you could get the military to support you, that wouldn't matter a whole hell of a lot going forward. I don't think the people who are out there running on ballots as Republicans who are election deniers really don't give a, a rat's ass about whether or not, you know, uh, Donald lies about uh, what his intentions were or where he put boxes in Mar-a-Lago going forward. They see a existential threat to whatever it is they think they are. They think they're America and that somehow they have to stop that threat. I'm not sure how much further the concept goes after that, that it'll sort of be worked out as they went. But one thing that I know for certain, it would not involve the Constitution as we currently know it. Again, just to summarize this thought, and it's an observation, it's a thought based on, a, on, a, on a, I think, a clear-eyed observation, the desire here and the desire of Trump all along was basically to have enough violence to have to enact the Insurrection Act, to, to call that into play, and use the military both to take over Washington and ultimately to quell any pockets of resistance to his maintaining power anywhere else in the country. Think about it. How else do you do this? You know people are going to react to it. You know no one's going to allow it. you got to have some way of stopping the negative reaction. you got the military. you got his, you got his, his people with their gun. You basically link the military with the crazies somehow. I don't know how this is supposed to work. It would be hellish, bloody, brutal, horrible. But that's what these people had in mind. Or not in mind, they had this in their gut, in their emotions. And that's what we've got to protect ourselves against going forward. I'm serious about this. This is, this is scary shit. You, you know, th throughout the hearings, again and again, um, I've heard the the famous Benjamin Franklin quote, uh, and, and it's, I, I'm, I'm always paraphrasing it. I forget exactly how he said it. But the question came to him. I think he was in Paris. They were, they were in the process of the, uh, the founding fathers were in the process of uh, putting together. They had just signed the, uh, the, the Constitution. All of these documents were, were in place. They were creating this new country, the United States of America. And the question went to him, you know, Mr. Mr. Franklin, will will there be a will this be a republic? Will it be a democracy? And his answer, in effect, was: If we can keep it that way, if we decide to hold on to it, the the, the operative notion being: If we will to do it that way, 
And everything, uh, I, I keep going back to Mary Trump. I keep thinking, you know, she has now been silenced for legal purposes. She can't go out there. She was the one more than anyone else. This is Trump's niece who wrote a book about this. And the book's subtitle was Too Much and Never Enough in Describing Her Uncle Donald. And this is what you have. And, and, and again, not the sharpest tool in the shed, Donald, but with more anger and, and, and willfulness and, and basically pathological narcissism, this capacity to continue saying a lie that he knows is a lie. But then again, you have to ask yourself, why would anyone continue nearly two years later to continue saying the same lie over and over. It's, it's got to be because there's a belief that we can still get what we initially went for, that we're going to keep this anger going, and that either at some point prior to the election of 2024, I will somehow come back in. Something will happen that will bring me in. Or in 2024, when I lose, and if the vote is real, it will be a loss if he runs. When I lose, I will be able to win because we're still going to be able to pull something that will be based on a sense of grievance and loss. This is not just cute, nuts, crazy shit. This is serious, serious stuff. And it makes me all the more convinced that this guy has to be nailed and put away. He must be indicted and convicted and jailed. He must be taken off the playing field. That is step one in breaking the fever that is still out there, that he is stoking constantly. Step one, get this SOB off the playing field. Now, if it takes the Mar-a-Lago case, which seems to be the far easier slam dunk for DOJ... If that's the one they have to start with first, do it. You can always get to him later on in prison while once, once that one's taken care of and he's, and he's tucked away somewhere. And part of his penalty is never being able to run for public office again. Period. You got to get that out there. I'm even getting a sense that the Supreme Court, realizing the insanity of the decision to remove Roe v. Wade, realizing the nuttiness of that, is basically pulling back ever so slightly on its support of Trumpian-type positions to try to prove that it's not basically a political kangaroo court that Donald was able to push through there. They just denied the review of the 11th Circuit three-person a three -person bench review. And, Judge, Judge Cannon, the, the, the insanity that Cannon uh, started by basically uh, allowing for a special master and then putting everything on hold and la not allowing the, the Justice Department to review the documents while the special master was working. Then that, re that, that order was partially rescinded. Uh, the Justice Department appealed the entire thing. The, the, there was a further appeal, and, and the Justice Department won the right to continue looking at the, at the documents that were... Uh, uh, classified, 
But uh, then there was a challenge by the Trump side saying, no, 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 you can't look at those either. Everything has to be delayed, delay, 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 delay. The longer you slow it down, the better the chance that there won't be an indictment before, Jan before November, before the election, and basically that'll keep us going, and we'll just keep it, we'll keep it off the plate, and Donald could go out there and just be a crazy man like he is. A delay is always a win for Donald and these people. The delay means that you, that much more time goes by before, to prove that you can't touch me. If, if, you, if you couldn't touch me for a week, well, a month from now, ask me again, and you won't have touched me for a month. And a year from now, ask me again, and you won't have... And after a while, it'll become apparent, you can't touch me. And that, and that underscores, that girds, that undergirds my argument that I am the one in the right here because they can't touch me. Well, folks, I got to tell you, this guy has got to be touched and touched soon. Time is not on our side. It's time is not on America's side when it comes to Donald. The longer he's allowed to run free, the worse it is for all of us. The closer we all come to his vision of having it, it doesn't really care what happens to anyone or anything or institutions, as long as he's in control doesn't care about, can't see that far. All he sees is his own perpetual power. Doesn't give a damn about the Constitution, doesn't give a damn about any constituency. Just make sure I'm the guy at the top. And of course, he'll end his days, if that ever happened, in a rather undesirable way because a lot of smarter people will want to be the smart one at the top, and really go ahead and do a reconstruction on America, not just be a one single strong person. He doesn't understand that right now. That's not how these things work. By the time you take over a country and destroy a constitution, you better have something to replace it with. You better have an ideology, a belief system, more than grievance and I'm the best, I'm the winner, I'm the guy who has to be at top. No, that, 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 that won't work. We can't allow any more movement towards that. We've got to take this shit very, very seriously. This man must be indicted and convicted and imprisoned as rapidly as humanly possible. The Justice Department, I realize often, you know, there, there are these cases like this. I was just the other day, the, the case involving uh, the, 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 the kid who shot up all those other kids down in Florida. Okay, you know, uh, the, 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 how many years ago was that now? Five years ago? That case finally finally went before a federal magistrate. It finally, finally got to trial five years later. And that's not a super long time for something like this. Now, you got to keep in mind, this guy has been in a federal prison all that time. He has been held all this time. I believe it's a federal case. I'm, was it state or federal? In any of, it's not unusual for a big, big case to take years 
for the government to bring, whichever government is bringing it. You've got to do it the best you can. You've got to basically stitch it up as tightly as you can. You've got to go for a slam dunk. And especially if you're, if you're, the, uh, you know, if you're the Southern District of New York or any other federal, uh, federal jurisdiction, you know, United States attorneys groups, these guys, they go for, a, you know, the, the percentages are what it's all about. And you got to go for a biggie here. So, yeah, that might, it might, that might dictate the normal pace at which a de Department of Justice Trump prosecution relative to Mar-a-Lago or anything to do with January 6th, that might otherwise dictate when we could expect to see a trial. Of course, there would have to be an indictment prior to that, otherwise you run the, you run the danger of the statute of limitations running out on these things as well. But I think that could be done. You need at least the indictment. And then you have to let the process roll forward as long as it takes. He has to be indicted. And I, I, he has to be kept out of the running for uh, office going forward. And the way that is done is by basically uh, making sure that the, uh, I believe it's the, um, the portion of the, the, the particular law that he broke uh, with regard to the espionage portion of the documents held down in Mar-a-Lago, that includes as a penalty not being able to run for any other elected office in the United States that's part of the punishment. That would have to be dropped on there. That would have to be the case. And I, I uh, and, and somehow, at least having that level of pushback starts the process of deflating the notion that the country can be taken over by force, by people who don't really, really understand what would happen afterwards. Because, as I've said so many times before, you inject chaos into this process, and that's what will be there. Yes, the military will take over. That's the only institution that could basically quell the chaos. But anyone who thinks they know how the military would run this country is either a fool or an idiot or a total jerk or is absolutely in cahoots with the military and has a deal already that they'll be the they'll be the uh, the, the the figurehead meanwhile there'll be a hunter running the whole thing in the back I don't know but but no one no one has a smooth way there is no smooth plan of forcefully undoing the constitution of the United States now, we could vote it away by bringing in every asshole and idiot and insurrectionist and election denier that we like and claim that it just, well, you know, why not? You know, it, it, it's okay. Yeah, you could try that too. And then you give it away. Maybe you, you simply, you allow the, the, the idiots to basically, you let, you, you let the crazies run the asylum. And you could tacitly preserve the Constitution that way, but the Constitution would rapidly be challenged 
and, and, and many of the protections we enjoy and many, and many of the benefits that we have would be undone in the name of some kind of ideological grievance until people figured out that it didn't work. And you'd probably come close to another revolution pretty soon anyway because people wouldn't stand for that type of crap. So net, 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 we're, we're still in a danger zone here. And until we take the first obvious, big, major step, indicting, trying, and convicting Donald, we run the risk of a, as, as a country of allowing this fomented, this still being, this still churned grievance machine to basically get to the point where it begins to take over, where it begins to overwhelm the constitutional uh, impulses and forces of this country. And as I say, it all ends with the military. You do this... Uh, I, 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 I hate to be, you know, I, don't, I told you, so, I'm, I'm not going to do an I told you so here. But this is, regrettably, the type of thing that would uh, be an I told you so situation. But I hope it's not. I think, I think wiser heads understand all this. And I think the Department of Justice understands it. I think there are enough people out there of goodwill that have to begin focusing on just how dangerous a situation we are in right now. Nothing, we have not been protected from anything. We have not blocked anything. We have not stopped the possibility of any of Trump's fantasies from coming to fruition. He has no off switch. He has an accelerator that is down to the floor constantly. It has no, he has no ability to back it off. There is no steering wheel. He simply keeps going. He is compulsive. Too much will never be enough for him. Mary Trump was absolutely right. And the people who basically are thrilled, enabled, finally feel important being around him, who could be co-opted by the images that he puts out there, who can be radicalized by Donald and those who feel they have something to gain by sticking with him. Deep cleansing breath, the realization that we must discover the hope and the possibilities in this by taking action. This is, this is, this is Mahabharata time. This is, uh, you know, the Bhagavad time. This is Arjun having to basically fight the battle he doesn't want to fight. This is action. This is, this is how, th th this is the whole fundamental story of the most difficult part of being human, understanding the obligation to act when the act is reprehensible in and of itself because it's uncomfortable. But you look past the act to the, to the essence of what is right and what is good and what is deserving, what, what, what is within our search for hope and love. And the action aspect of this is unavoidable. Donald must be indicted 
We can't fear doing that. The Justice Department can't fear doing that. He must be indicted. He must be tried. He must be punished. And then we move forward from there. If you disagree, fine. Ask yourself why you disagree. And, and, and do that while you're listening to, oh, not just if you disagree, but certainly I think this would be a moment for anyone on any side of the question to uh, listen to a little jazz. listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. Up to yesterday's hearing of the January 6th committee, I would have thought the entire concept that Donald had was basically to stop the count and leave it at that. No, now I understand the idea was to have the violence, to see people killed, to basically declare the Insurrection Act in play, and to declare martial law. That is a scary proposition. Donald cannot be allowed to do that. <laughs>